You are listening to Sheep Might Fly, a podcast of serialised fiction written and read by Tansy Rayner Roberts. Our current serial is Echo and Narcissus, which is a sequel to Death at the Dragon Circus. You can also listen to that story if on this podcast. You just have to scroll back a few years to find it. If you pledge to my Patreon in April, you'll be able to download both the Dragon Novelette and Echo and Narcissus as ebook rewards. Echo and Narcissus, Chapter 4, in which Kurt and Brennan get a room. The room was full of suits. Somehow, Kurt made it through the wide smiles and oddly threatening small talk while drinking a measure of whiskey so expensive that he wanted to lick out the inside of the glass when he was done. The men in suits chatted amongst themselves in smug jargon about whatever the hell it was they traded in. It could be blood diamonds, sex workers, or barrels of pickled herring for all Kurt knew. Their cuffs held concealed razor wires. Their ankle holsters held knives. Guns were discreetly hidden behind every lapel. Suits and murderers, wine and cheese. Grayson the big boss with the shiniest murder suit of them all, said something about dinner, and his men scattered like balls on a billiards table. Brennan took Kurt's hand and dragged him away, to the elevator, commanding the operator to take them two floors down. Kurt started to say something as the elevator descended, but Brennan gave a minute shake of his head. The elevator operator smiled with all her lipstick. Clearly a spy. Kurt went along with it, playing the part of the docile boyfriend, hand-holding and flirting, until Brennan led the way to a hotel room, unlocked the door and pushed Kurt inside. You need to dress for dinner. Kurt had so many questions, he didn't know what to start with. The first thing that came out of his mouth was, This is a room full of suits. Well spotted said Brennan, already on the move. There was no bed in this room, just rack after rack of tailored monochrome garments. Brennan stalked through the maze of clothes racks like it was familiar territory. No need for a ball of string. He pulled a crisp white shirt out of a sea of identical white shirts and threw it to Kurt. This one should fit you. Mr Grayson likes his associates to look the part. Kurt felt unmoored, like the first time he'd joined the circus. He'd fallen into a dream world where everyone else knew the rules. This specific world of suits and killers and unknowable motives was more familiar than most. He and Inga used to eat and drink concealed weapons in expensive hotels. How could he have lost his edge so quickly from a, a handful of weeks with a circus crowd? Mr Grayson seems the type to have a tailor on staff, Kurt said, thoughtfully. Indeed he does, but dinner is in 30 minutes and he's not a patient man. As you can see, he's prepared for all eventualities. Brennan selected matching trousers and a jacket, heaped them into Kurt's arms, then pulled open the doors of a large cabinet to reveal a display of ties. Charcoal grey will bring out your eyes. Brennan turned, his gaze as cool and unreadable as ever. 
I'm fairly sure we won't be overheard here, he added in a low voice. Whatever you do, do not mention our connection to the circus. As far as Grayson and his goons are concerned, you and I are passing through Narcissus on business. And what business are we in, Mike? asked Kurt. He hadn't known Brennan had a first name before today. Maybe he didn't. Maybe Mike was just another suit to put on and off as the mood took him. Kurt could not throw stones. The name Kurt was itself a recent acquisition. Based on what Mr Grayson knows of me, said Brennan calmly, he'll have guessed I'm here to kill someone, to blackmail someone, or to take down his evil empire on behalf of someone much, much worse. Our goal here is to convince him I was on my way somewhere else, to kill or blackmail someone else in another city, or to bring down someone else's evil empire. If he's that paranoid, do you really think no one's listening in? Kurt demanded, glancing around at the walls. This is the room where the suits live, said Brennan. Some things are sacred. It took Kurt a few seconds to realise he was joking. So we don't talk about the circus. We don't even hint about the circus, said Brennan. He snatched the tie out of Kurt's hand and replaced it with another. If we're lucky, they won't hear that our crowd are in town for another day or so. You saw what he was wearing. I saw. Dragonhide. All you needed to know about this bastard was that he thought it was acceptable to wear Dragonhide. Never mind the adult dragons. They had the babies to worry about. And with Kurt and Brennan away, well, they still had Inga and the clowns. They'd probably be fine. The circus would be fine. Would Brennan? He looked about one thread away from unravelling completely. If he finds out about the babies... Brennan went on, as if that part was not brutally obvious. Yeah, I get it, Kurt said impatiently. Message received. What's the plan? He wants something from me. I have to stick around for this dinner, figure out what that is. Wait for him to soften up enough to make his pitch. Your job, since you're here, is to be arm candy. A role I was born for, Kurt preened. They're going to try and get you alone. Figure out what I've been up to in the years since I was last here. How many years? The sort of detail a boyfriend might know, which was as good as excuse as any for Kurt to be nosy. Brennan hesitated. Ten. Kurt whistled. They're in luck. I don't know anything, except for what you've been up to recently with the crowd I'm not allowed to mention. Make it clear you don't know much about what I do. I don't trust you enough for that. If pushed, maybe let them think I've had some deals fall through lately. I might be hard up for cash. Since we didn't arrive in our own suits and all. Exactly. Kurt spun around and walked a few steps to the huge settee under the window. He dumped the new clothes there and started stripping efficiently. Shirt, shoes, socks. No one's going to believe I'm not up to my eyeballs in your business. Have you seen me? I can't pull off doe-eyed cowboy. Fine, Brennan said reluctantly, revising their cover story. Your boyfriend and muscle. We work together, but you still don't know anything real. I'm a closed book. You've never been that interested to dig deeper. Shrug and smile if they ask for client names. Also, this place is fancier than you're used to. Act a bit intimidated by the swank. 
make them all feel like kings. You're starting to sound like a crappy boyfriend, boss. Down to his underwear now. Kurt glanced over his shoulder. Too much to hope that Brennan was checking him out. Brennan gave him a twisted sort of smile. The best cover stories are grounded in truth, Frostad. The suit fit well, considering. Little short in the leg, not quite right at the shoulders. Kurt had worn his share of bespoke tailoring back in the days when blending in was a matter of life and death, and he knew the difference. A suit was just another costume, but it came with a lot of power in a town like this. Of course, a borrowed suit that didn't quite fit. That was a costume statement too, and it got the message across. Kurt wasn't here to run a power play. He was backup, sidekick, low-rent arm candy. By the time Kurt turned around fully clothed, Brennan had a pair of dress shoes ready for him to replace his comfortable work boots, and a third tie that was slightly nicer, but basically the same as the previous two ties. What's the plan? Kurt asked. We have to get you out of here, said Brennan. Whatever he wants me to do, I'm going to say yes. I'll drag it out as much as I can, but I'll sign a contract before the night's over. To keep him sweet, get his guard down. At some point, when we think we can get away with it, you're going to get the hell out of here and get our circus moving. I'll catch up with you all at Wistwater. Wait, said Kurt. No. You think we're going to... You are abso-fucking-lutely going to leave me behind, Brennan said. Mr Grayson is beyond dangerous. You think the assholes you worked for in your old life are bad? He owns this city. There's a reason Echo is a pale shadow of Narcissus. Grayson has sucked this city dry. He doesn't take no for an answer. What he wants, he gets. And I want to make sure everyone I care about is far far away from here, when he finds out he can't have me. Kurt understood that. He did. There was no situation he couldn't get out of, but having to keep other people alive at the same time, that was when things got complicated. When in doubt, simplify everything before you start killing people. What about the grip? If she can walk, take her and the baby with you, said Brennan, turning away. They'll have doctors and nuns in Wistwater. If she can't be moved yet, leave one of the clowns with her, get everyone else out. Duct tape serenity to the roof of a caravan if you have to. Just get it done. Got it, said Kurt, following Brennan to the door. How do I look? To his surprise, Brennan took the question seriously. He turned and raked his gaze up and down slowly, like he was actually boyfriend and not boss. We should make out, he stated. Assassins were cool and calm under all conditions. Kurt was not going to flail or panic. He was the definition of roll with the punches, and he knew better than to get his hopes up. You must really like this suit. I want them to think they don't have to worry about you, said Brennan, and that means your motives have to be entirely open. No hint of guile. No secret agenda. It was an old trick, something that the dove and the hammer had often used to their advantage. If you showed someone you were driven by sex or money, they relaxed around you because they thought they had you all figured out. 
Let me guess, said Kurt, leaning in a little closer. My motive for being here is 100% getting to take that suit off you at some point tonight. Can you handle that? The best cover stories are grounded in truth, thought Kurt, and kissed Brennan on the mouth. It wasn't a world-changing kiss, but it was wet and hot and a little bit filthy, and it meant that when they did leave the room full of suits, to face down Mr Grayson's associates, they were both authentically dishevelled. Spotting the most dangerous person in the room was Kurt's best talent. His super skill. His downfall at times, given how often his instinct was to take that person immediately to bed. This gathering of Mr Grayson and his associates was a challenge, because they were all dangerous. Not just don't follow this person down a dark alley dangerous. Every single one of them radiated power, confidence, and a refined talent for homicide. Unlike the meeting earlier, there were women at this gathering, associates as well as wives and girlfriends, and they were just as dangerous as the men. Like everyone in the city of Echo, there was a sameness about the women's fashion choices. Grey, black or white satin slip dresses, all disconcertingly the same length. Their tiny purses were weighted perfectly for miniature guns. Their heels were spiked. Their jewellery was barbed. Their updo coiffures featured ornamental garroting wire, or razor blades, or both. No individuality if you worked for Mr Grayson. He liked to be the only sparkly blue snowflake in a sea of tailored monochrome. These people were acid and venom. They danced around each other, all wit and snarl and concealed weapons, clearly about ten minutes or one wrong look away from a mutual massacre. They communicated in put-downs and one-upmanship. Kurt had only been among them for an hour, and he was exhausted. He could play this game for as long as he had to, but he was out of practice. Being around cheerful and grumpy circus folk, who were honest most of the time, had made him impatient with professional sociopaths. The one bright spot was getting to watch Brennan work the room. Kurt had always known that Brennan was once an operative on his own level. Deadly work for hire. But suspecting it and seeing it in action were two very different things. It was good for their cover story that Kurt couldn't take his eyes off the man who'd brought him here. Keep telling yourself that, kid. Kurt couldn't relax for a second. Every associate in the room wanted to unpack the Brennan mystery, and they saw Kurt as the key. He hadn't been plied with so many drinks and invitations since that week he and Inga worked for, and subsequently burned down a Bandalese opera house. At one point, he was cornered by three women in identical little black dresses, each of them convinced they could find out some key gossip about his boyfriend, if they flirted with him hard enough. He could do this. He could charm and give nothing away and keep an eye out for knives in Brennan's back at the same time. And he could do it all while eating caviar on tiny rounds of toast. Excuse me, ladies, said a chilly voice. 
the glamorous vipers in black silk backed away, suddenly discovering urgent business on the other side of the room. Clearly the queen of the vipers had put the frighteners on them. Kurt eyed his rescuer. Neat trick. I'm full of them. She was older than the other ladies, pushing forty, and carrying a more confident glamour than the rest of them put together. She wore a suit, sharply tailored to her own form, instead of a satin slip dress. The suit was grey, though the shirt provided a rare pop of colour, bright teal silk with silver buttons. More importantly, she held two glasses of the good whisky. Kurt accepted the new offering. Kurt, he introduced himself, since Brennan hadn't told him to change his name. Shell, she clinked glasses with him. Don't worry, I'm not going to pump you for information about your man. Oh, really? He played up the relief. His lot of perfumed sharks. I know everything I need to, Shell added. Unlike most of these children, I was around last time Mike was in town. Intriguing. Maybe I should pump you for information. You can try, she replied with a sharp smile. The two of them watched as Mr Grayson drew Brennan away from some of his larger besuited associates to speak quietly together. He'll be offering him the Elodie job, said Shell, dropping a breadcrumb for Kurt to pick up. We're not sticking around long enough to take on a job, said Kurt brightly. Just passing through. Yes, I know you've spent the last hour convincing this lot that you're as dumb as you look. Hey, you've nothing to worry about, she added. Mr Grayson's firm comes with excellent benefits. Oh, we've a contract in Tintalegra next week, so it's not really gonna... Oh no, she said. You're not going anywhere. Better get used to it, honey. Your boyfriend works for Mr. Grayson now, and that means you'd better start apartment shopping in Echo. Oh, I go where he goes, Kurt said, with a heavy sigh. Best to build the narrative that he wasn't about to do a midnight flit. It would make it easier to run when Brennan gave him the word. Well, said Shell, sipping her whiskey, if you are sticking around... I hope you have a thing for circus freaks. Thanks for listening to Sheep Might Fly. You can sign up to my author newsletter for updates. Follow me on Twitter at TansyRR or at Sheep Might Fly. Find me on Facebook at TansyRR Books. And if you like this podcast, consider supporting me at Patreon, where you can receive all kinds of cool rewards, early ebooks, and exclusive stories for a small monthly pledge. See you next week. Thank you.